This is part two of our kingdom habits for entrepreneurs because your habits can hurt you or they can help you. They can make you rich or they can make you poor. And did you know that your habits that you form around business actually affect your health, your marriage, your kids, and literally everything else in your life more than any single thing? Get ready, y'all. The top 10 habits for kingdom entrepreneurs, part two, coming at you now. This is the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast with tips, tools, and biblical truth to build your brand, business, or ministry. If you're a Christian speaker, writer, coach, or entrepreneur, this is the podcast you've been praying for. Get ready to increase your impact, income, and influence. Here are your hosts, the mother, her son, and his wife doing business, ministry, and life to shape the culture for Christ. Tamara Lowe, Zach Lowe, and Jillian Lowe. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the KBA podcast. We are here for part two of the top 10 habits for kingdom entrepreneurs. Coach Tam, it was so good the first time around. Will you kick us off again with habit number six? I will. And habit number six is so easy. It is so easy. Everybody can do this. And believe me when I tell you, when you get in the habit of doing this, you will not be able to go a day without without implementing this habit. And that is, let the paper remember. Let the paper remember. You and me, we are prone to forget things, but the paper never forgets anything. So all you have to do, and, and it always seems to happen randomly, right? Like you're you're getting out of the shower, all of a sudden you think, oh yeah, I need to do such and such, right? Well, by the time you get get yourself together, you've totally forgotten what that thing was. So if you will get in the habit of maybe you start a little something on your phone and you write down in your phone a little little um note go into the notes section write a little note keep a little a little section there of things to do or things that i remembered and you put it in there i've got a spreadsheet that's on my computer if I'm, i happen to be at my computer and i'll transfer my notes from one place to another but even if you have to go analog and just pick up a piece of paper and a pen and write down that thing that you just thought of let the paper remember because otherwise you will walk out of the room and spoiler alert it gets worse as you get older that you'll walk out of the room and then you have to come back to the same room you were in to remember the thing that you forgot the minute you walked out of the room so let the paper remember it will never forget just get in the habit of writing those things down oh yeah i love that one i i actually insist on it for people and me and me and my wife have been talking about this. Honey will go, are you sure you don't need to write that down? Are you sure you don't want to write that down? Are you sure you don't need to take notes? And I'm like, honey, you've got to just say, I, I really want you to take notes. Would you please write this down? Would you write this down, please? I want you to take notes on this. When we're like, you know, going through a list of things that needs to be done. Because yeah, if you don't write it down, you're not going to remember it. You're not going to check the boxes. There's a great book called The Checklist Manifesto. Uh, and like one of the big analogies is that uh, airplanes used to crash. They don't really crash anymore. And it was because of kind of user error, you know, like there was a, a list of things that needed to be done. And if you didn't have that checklist, if you didn't have that written thing to reference, things get overlooked, right? Like let the paper remember. That's why like every pilot on every flight has a checklist that it's like, click, 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 click. Okay. Did all the things. We're good to go. Again, 
talking about like energy management, time management. We've only got like finite memory. We've only got finite focus. And this is another one that just takes a load off of you if you can have the notes to reference, if you can have the checklist to reference. So I love that habit, Coach Tam. All right, honey, would you take us into habit number seven? Okay, listen to this. You know, have you ever seen someone who is running a marathon? Okay, now I'm not talking about your like Olympic level athletes that are running the 26.2, is that right? 26.2 miles, however many miles it is that that I could drive that, but I couldn't, I, I don't know that I would be running it. I'm talking about the average everyday marathon runner. Like, who is that? It's you and me, friend. We are running a marathon here. The marathon of life. We are running the marathon of life, okay? Now, in our business and in our ministry, which are, you know, one and the same, really, uh, in our personal lives, we are running a marathon. A marathon is a long-distance situation. Now, my advice for the next tip for building a habit is knowing the pace for your race and sticking with it. Now, this is what I mean. There are times when people are running marathons and they're like, okay, for the next three miles, I am jogging. I am not walking. I am not speed walking. I am actually jogging. I'm, I've got a little hustle in my bustle. If you are supposed to be jogging, jog. Please do not walk when you should be jogging. If you should be working up a sweat, you should not be walking. There are times when your business is in a push. You are in a push. Maybe you're in a launch. Maybe you're due. You've got a project. And this is the time to push. You need to be running. We should see sweat droplets on your face. Your heart should be pounding. You should be huffing a little. It's good for you. You were made to run. And there are some of you who you could run all day long. I have a friend named Shannon. She wakes up and literally it's like she runs out of her bed. I mean, I, she runs like five miles every morning before she can even think she must run. But then there's people like me. And I'm like, I'm going to think about this long and hard, this running business. We should walk and think about this together whilst we hold some M&Ms in our hand. Listen, I get it. Some of us were naturally born runners. Some of us, it's a skill. It's a muscle. But you still must exercise it when you're supposed to run, friend. Run. It's good for you. Yeah, it stings a little. Yeah, you're a little winded. It's uncomfortable. That's okay. It doesn't mean it's hurting you. It's good for you. It is strengthening you. There are seasons. There are times when you are in the push. Lean into that moment. Let those muscles get strengthened. Let them get used to that. The heart's a muscle too, folks. You got to exercise it. But when it is time to walk, you must walk. Now, for those of you who are natural born runners, when it comes time to walk, you've got ants in your pants. You've got what our Australians, our Australian friends call itchy feet. You don't want to walk. You want to run. And it's very challenging for you. Now, I'm not saying grab a snack and sit down. Now, that's a whole nother thing when we're sitting on the sidelines of the race. Just because you're running just because you're not running doesn't mean you can't walk. That's important. 
there are times when you're not in a push. Hello, that doesn't mean you're sitting down. Everyone else is walking by you. Keep moving. You're fine. You can do this. You got this. When it's time to walk, walk. When it's the daily grind and you're just doing the daily things, the daily habits, the daily functions to keep your personal life, your business, your ministry in motion, you're checking those necessary boxes, keep walking, stay in motion. When it's time to run, run. When it's time to walk, walk. Know the pace for your race and lean into that season and make sure it's congruent. If your business is in a push, make sure that you are congruent with the season that you're in. And if it's time to walk, walk it out. So that is my habit for you. Know the pace for your race and lean into it appropriately. Yeah, I love that. So good. I I think one of the things that I've realized as we've been doing this podcast, I don't know what episode we're on here. We're in the high 20s, I think. Maybe early 30s. I don't know. We'll see. Is A lot of it is knowing yourself right? It's a lot of just like kind of knowing yourself and knowing your season. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, some reflective time, some like pulling back, but also our relationship with the Lord. You know, a lot of that is just being in tune with the Holy Spirit of, is this a season where I need to be running or is this a season where I can be walking and I should be walking? So a lot of this journey, you know, kind of a little side tangent here, a lot of this journey um, of business, right? It's very much a spiritual journey. It's very much an emotional journey, very much a mental journey, very much a physical journey. It's not just, you know, X's and O's. It's not just a, a business thing. It's it's knowing yourself. It's knowing where you're at. And it is a superpower that we have as, as, as Christians and as kingdom builders is that like connection with the Holy Ghost and, and being able to perceive what season I'm in, being able to perceive what pace should I move at. So I love that. I love that point. Great. Great one, honey. All right, let me bring us into habit eight. We've got the final three countdown here. This one's a little more tactical, right? We've gotten a lot of kind of conceptual, and I think that's very good, very important, very foundational. This was very uh, tactical and specific for businesses of, of pretty much any kind, but especially us like in the kind of influencer, thought leader, writer, speaker, coach, consultant, entrepreneur space. Spend 50% of your time on marketing and sales and spend 50% of your time on product and fulfillment. I'm a big like simplify. I almost made simplify one of my habits, but I've, I simplify business to there's marketing and sales, there's product and fulfillment and, and kind of our coaching entrepreneurial space. There's get clients, serve clients. That is it. That is it. And as an entrepreneur, as the leader of your business, and maybe you have a team, maybe you don't, but either way, you've got to be spending 50% of your time getting clients, 50% of your time serving clients. And it's so easy to get those out of whack. And it's it's so easy in any particular season that like, oh, okay, I'm I'm really just focused on kind of a launch. I'm really focused on like an, an initiative to, to get sales, to, to do something for marketing and sales. And we forget about product. We forget about fulfillment or vice versa. You know, I'm working with my clients. I'm so engaged with my clients. I forgot about marketing and sales. And guess what? It doesn't hit you right away. When you get the the little seesaw out of balance, it you don't necessarily feel it right away. Because if you spend 30, 60, 90 days just working on fulfillment, during that time, your cash flow might be still coming in. It might still be recurring. But the next 90 days, you are you might be starting at ground zero, right? Or if you're just focusing on product and fulfillment for 30, 60, 90 days, you're putting like all your focus on that, or I'm sorry, sales and marketing, 
you know, your product can go down the tubes and it can ruin your, your experience and your credibility for your clients. I have, again, getting back to kind of how I do my, my planning and I structure things, my checklist, my like weekly little, you know, what do I have to do? I have two sections on it. I actually have a third that's like kind of personal tasks, but business-wise, I have two sections. It's marketing and sales. It's like, what's the launch? What's the funnel? What's the initiative to get clients? And then it's product and fulfillment. You know, it's it's coaching, it's optimizing, it's training, it's development, it's um, whatever's going to create a better experience for our clients. So, the, and then there's the all the other things that distract us. There's the the logos and the uh, and the emails and the uh, you know all the other things. All the other things. I I am a like ruthlessly like delegate or eliminate. If it's not marketing and sales or it's not product and fulfillment spend as little time as possible. Like that is where you want to delegate, eliminate, or just simplify to where you can spend 50% of your time getting clients, 50% of your time serving clients in like almost nothing else, right? Besides like kind of like learning, I think learning is like super important. Like you're, you're learning and you're, you know, getting coaches and getting mentors. That's a part of the, the equation too. But the purpose of those should be to market and sell better or to serve and deliver better. So it still is going to be falling in one of those two buckets. And then I, there's this like vortex of other things that are not marketing and sales. They are not product and fulfillment. And if you find yourself spending more than 10% of your time in something that's not marketing and sales or product and fulfillment, I think you're doing it wrong. I think you're uh, you know, hindering yourself. And again, this isn't talking about the personal stuff. It's not, I'm not talking about your time with the Lord. I'm not talking about your time with your family. I'm just talking about business. When you sit down to do business, 50% has got to be marketing and sales. 50% has got to be product and fulfillment. And that's going to keep the scales in balance, right? That's going to allow you to be steady, you know, and have consistent income month over month and have consistent delivery and results for your clients month after month. So that's a little more tactical, but it's something that you've got to be intentional about. Am I putting a, an appropriate amount of my time on marketing and sales? Am I putting an appropriate amount of my time on product and fulfillment and kind of keeping it that way and keeping those scales in balance? And, and that's going to be the recipe for a great business with great income and great client results and great experience and great brand and great loyalty and great renewals and retention and, and all of that stuff. I think it's it's real tactical and it's easy to it's it's easy to make it like too conceptual, but make it real tangible. Like on my checklist, half of my stuff, half of my time is going to be on marketing and sales. Half of my time, half of my energy, half of my resources is going to go towards product and fulfillment. And then like eliminate everything else as much as you can. Super good. Very, very good. Yeah. All right. Am I am I next? Yes, you're nine. Number ten. Nine. Yes. That's in line with number nine. So that would be to make it a habit to monitor and model the best. Monitor and model the best. In other words, and this has application beyond business. It really does. But let's say that that you're in a particular in a particular niche in a particular space let's let's just say it's health and fitness okay so you are a health coach and you're building your business and you're serving your clients and you're doing the things that you do it's easy to get sucked into that vortex and become an island unto yourself 
But that's not really a smart thing to do if you want to grow your business. I think it's very important that you still monitor the people out there in your space. What are they doing? What are they saying? What is the messaging? And if they're at the top of the mountain, if they're at the top of their game and they they just they can't acquire followers fast enough. They can't get enough likes on their video. They they are just selling out everything that they produce. You need to pay attention to that because they're they those are replicatable strategies that you can model and you can you can do as well. On the same line is um pay money to get in the room with the people who are doing the stuff, okay? So if they're doing something that you don't know how to do, do not try and figure it out on your own. It's going to cost you more time, more money, more frustration than if you just invested in yourself a little bit to get in the room with the people who are doing the stuff, okay? Because they are going to share their shortcuts. You're going to be able to monitor them up close. You'll be able to model what it is that they're doing. So I'll give you all, and and I said this has application outside of business. It does. If your if your marriage is a little stuck, a little stale, then it's important to monitor and model the people that you see who are in love, that they're having the best time in their marriage. Maybe they've been married 30 years, but they can't get enough of each other. They just love each other so much. They're having such a great time. What are they doing? Break it down. Figure it out and then model that, right? So same thing in in health and fitness, right? You've gained a few pounds, your energy is down. All right, well, let's find somebody fit in our lives, okay? What are they doing? Let's just copy them. Let's just, when you order dinner, order what they're eating. When, when they eat, watch how they're eating. Are they gobbling it down or are they eating it slow? Did, where do they stop? Model them model them because you'll get the same results that they get if you're doing the same things that they're doing. All right, here's a business example. We are getting ready to do in Kingdom Builders Academy, we're getting ready to do our very first challenge. Okay, now challenges have been popular for a long time, but we've mostly done training webinars and uh, and that's worked really well for us. We, we've got, we've got seven, eight hundred clients and coaches in our community. It's worked very well for us, but we wanted to try a challenge. So now I've been in this space all my life. I've been in this communication space all my life. I could easily look around, find a few challenges, look at what they're doing, right? And, and do that. But it's more advantageous for me and for you and for those that we are serving if I will really study to show myself approved. So I said, Zach, find us somebody who is an expert in the challenge space. And let's find out what we can do to give our people the very best experience, the very best experience that they could possibly have investing a few days of their life to spend time with us and let's give them the best experience. So we paid I don't even know how much. I'm saying upwards of 20,000 now. Yeah, 30K, I think. 30K, okay. So we're doing a five-day challenge and we're spending 30K, even though we don't even need to do that, but we are willing to pay to get in the room with the people who know how to do it, who are going to show us the shortcuts. Make that a habit in your life. Stop struggling so hard when it's easy to monitor and model 
the best. And you'll get better results that way. It'll be easier. It'll take less time. And actually spending the money to get in the room with the people who are doing the stuff is the most economical thing that you could possibly do. Love it. Love it. So good. Such a you know power principle. I love that one. All right, honey, bring us home. Habit number 10. What do we got? All right. So habit number 10 is going to be embrace the process with diligence. We have a eight-year-old little girl. Her name is Finley Grace. Now, Finley Grace is super spirited. She's a go-getter. She's a she's a producer. She's a leader's leader. Finley Grace wanted to be able to do a handstand in the pool. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to do a handstand in the pool? Come on. We all want to defy gravity in water. That's what water's there for, to defy gravity. She says to me, Mom, I'm never going to be able to do a handstand in the water. I'm just never going to be able to do it like Julia, who is her big sister and a couple of other friends. And I said, well, tell me what happened. She goes, well, I tried to do a handstand in the water. And I said, and what happened? She goes, and I fell over. And I said, well, how many times did she try? Did you try? She said three times. I said, you tried three times and you quit? You've given up on doing a handstand in the water? She said, yeah, I'm never going to be able to do it. It's way too difficult. And I said, Finley Grace, can I ask you a question? She goes, oh, sure. You know, she really, she's really into the processing. She's going to make an excellent coach someday. She said, I said, tell me, has there ever been a time in your life when there's something you can presently do that you didn't know how to do and you thought, I'll never be able to do that? And you quit, but you went back and now here you are doing it. She goes, sure. I said, tell me one thing. She was riding a scooter. I thought I was never going to be able to ride a scooter. How am I supposed to balance on two wheels? It's never going to happen. And I can remember many a day when this child was out on her scooter and she fell and she got bruised and she got scratched and she cursed the scooter. I, I resent the day I ever met you, scooter. She was giving it up. But now this child is leading scootership workshops. She is a scooter queen. Now, I reminded her, I went back to that moment where she built a monument of success, doing the hard thing. And I said, do you remember the process? It was a process. I said, do you think you'll be able to one day do a handstand in the water? She goes, well, I don't know, maybe. Good, we're getting somewhere. I'll take maybe. I said, but do you think it might take more than one day and three tries? She said, probably. I said, do you think you ought to try it again? She goes, okay, fine. A couple of weeks later, she goes, mom, look at my pruny hands. I said, why are they so pruny? She said, because I can do a handstand in the water. Now, listen, I share this with you to tell all of you listening that life is about process. And we say life is about journey. Journey is a little too abstract for me. People could get lost in the woods. They may camp out in the woods and never come back. But process, my friend, I'm all about the process because everyone wants the end result, but very few people want the procedure. There is a procedure. If you want to find success, the procedure, my friend, is process. And as our dear friend, I call him boss, you know him as Lance Wall now, if you want to find these mountaintop experiences, it is process, 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 process. <laughs> it is in the process. 
That is where you are made. That is where you are forged in the fire. That is where the tough get going when you find yourself in a pickle. It's where you learn new skills. It's where you absolutely lean into warfare. It's where you learn new things. It's where you grow from the inside out. You become a better coach. You become a better administrator. You become a better leader. You become a better follower of Jesus. But you must do it with diligence. Now, I want to share this with you. Merriam-Webster, our friend, says, diligence is steady, earnest, energetic effort. How many of you have gone through a season and you're like, yeah, you know, it was really tough and uh, you're just relieved to be on the other side. Now, listen, I have been there myself, but I'm telling you that on the other side of glory, you will not need faith. On the other side of glory, you will not be tested and stretched. You will not go through these rough patches. You will not find yourself in the process like you hear, like you are on planet Earth. So I want to encourage you to lean into the opportunity that this is a blessing that you are going through process, 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 process. This is important, but you're not going to go through it like, eh. Do you know you waste your pain when you do that? Do you know when you go through a process season, when you're going through a valley and you just kind of slug your way through and you don't lean in and say, I'm here for it. I'm leaning in with my best. Yes. What do you got for me, God? What do you got for me? How are you going to grow me? How are you going to stretch me? How are you developing me? How are you strengthening me? If you go through the process, if you go through the valley and you don't embrace it with diligence, you are wasting your pain. You're wasting time. You're Guess what you get to do? You get to pack your bags, friend, and you get to go around the mountain again. I know because I've been there. Don't waste the process. The process is there to help you, to lead you, to guide you, to shape you. You must do it with diligence. So it says that we do it with steady, earnest, energetic effort. And it says that this is important. And I was thinking about it because in the world and the in the age that we live in, it's like, how can I become a doctor overnight? I'm pretty sure I could do surgery in the morning if I just watched. 45 hours of videos on YouTube on how to be a surgeon. No, no. And in a life and in a world where we live in, where there's a, a, a hack for everything, and I'm all for a good hack. If you've got a way to save yourself some time and work smarter, not harder, but I'm also really for working harder. I'm also really for process. At 40 years old, I look back over at my life and I've been through some tough seasons where there's been a big valley of process, my friends, a big spoon, heaping spoonful of process. And if I would have either not shown up with diligence, with study and 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 and, and energy and leaned into it, I don't think it would have developed me in the way that God had intended, you know? So lean in with diligence. The other thing I want to share with you is the scripture, okay? Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with might. And Proverbs 14.23, in all toil there is profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. So I just want to encourage you, like, be diligent. Be diligent. Show up in the season of process and embrace it. 
you are going to find, I mean, I think about Coach Tam or I think about Coach Zach and we go back into the time machine for her 30 or 40 years ago, if she would not have leaned in, in the times where she was being pressed and stressed, if she would have thrown her hands up and said, I can't do this. I can't, you know, I can't have to come up with a, a hundred, two or $300,000 a day to make my business run. Uh, there's no way I can keep up with the demand of this and the demand of that. If she would have not leaned into the process, we would not be sitting here today, my friends. I'm telling you, it's the God's honest truth. So when you find yourself in a season of process, embrace it with diligence. Show up every day ready to learn ready to be shaped, ready to be formed, ready to be forged. The fire is good for you. Don't run away from it. Lean into it. So that is my last tip of advice. Lean into the process with all diligence because you and everyone else will be better for it. Amen. Amen. Way to bring us home. Love that. Diligence. So good. Such a good word. All right, you guys, it's been another great episode. Hey, if you love the podcast, give it a review, give it a share. And we'll see you back next week on the KBA podcast. Bye, everybody. Hi, this is Tamara Lowe, founder of Kingdom Builders Academy, here with a free gift for you, our loyal podcast listener. We're giving away free copies of my newest book, On Purpose, How to Find, Fund, and Fulfill Your Purpose. You can download your free copy right now at onpurposebook.com. That's www.onpurposebook.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingdom Builders Academy podcast today. Join us again for our next exciting exciting episode.